alien, bruv. Believe it. When I landed in the wrong place, though, you get the wrong place. <laughs> well done, lads. You discovered a species hitherto unknown to science. He kicked his head in. <laughs> Yo, check it. More. More what? Them things. Lovely fireworks. Mommy, it's alien invasion. Welcome to Movies Charles Hadn't Seen, episode 51. My name is Crossland. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. And this week we watched the 2011 movie Attack the Block. So, Charles, tell us about this movie. So, before I begin, I'm a little sick this week. So, if you hear any weird noises or if my voice sounds different, that's why. But anyway, <laughs> so in Attack the Block, an apartment in the UK gets attacked by aliens. And uh, some of the people who live there uh, decide to fight back because the police won't come to help them. They're like a low-income apartment block. They figure out that they're attracted to pheromones that are on the leader's, the gang leader's jacket. They lead all the aliens into a room and blow them up. And I, I simplified a lot of the movie, <laughs> but that's the general gist of the plot. Yeah, it's it's super straightforward. Yeah, right? like it is just executing this. A plot. lot of the movies like running away from the aliens. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of or the cops or each other. Or yeah. the cops or each other. This was your pick, Crossman. What what made you land on uh, Attack the Block? Yeah, I thought it was timely with Star Wars coming out. Yeah. This is the yeah. first film appearance of John Boyega, uh, a very young John Boyega yes. in this film. He's young in general, but also here. Yeah, he's still he's only like twenty five mm-hmm. now. Uh, so he would have been twenty or twenty one. No, he would have been much younger. Because this was two thousand. He would have been like nineteen or eighteen. 19, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's basically a child. Damn. Yeah. I wasn't really convinced when they tried to say he was fifteen, though. Yeah, but yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is a little indie sci fi movie that came out in twenty eleven. Um, kind of made some waves at the time. Mm-hmm. People really liked it. Um, I think it was buoyed by the fact that Nick Frost is in this. Um, <laughs> Simon Pegg's friend and often <laughs> co-star. Co-star. In Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, right? And uh, I think all those movies was he's in. in. Oh, oh yeah, you're yeah. right. He was. Yeah, he was in the world's end. Yeah, so. and they're they're probably in they're in that alien Spaced. movie together too. Um, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're in a bunch of stuff they're together. collaborators. Yeah. He's he's great. He plays a pretty minor role in this film, yeah. though, but I, I still think um, a lot of people who are fans of Nick Frost and Simon Pegg are, are brought to their content. Yeah, and he has good moments, right? Like, he has, he's not in it that much. But His comedic yeah, deadpan is... He, what do you know? He's still funny. It's great. Yeah. yeah. He's hilarious <laughs> in this. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's a pretty efficient movie. It's It has a lot of action. Um, the I think the highlight of the movie is the cast of kids who yeah. compromise, like, the core group of, like, friends in the movie. They are a lot of, like, very inexperienced actors who grew up in areas that are depicted in the film. Right really knock it out of the park do a great job uh, of coming together as like a group on screen and um no surprise that like john boyega went on to other great things i think he's really good in this film um the the woman who plays the nurse in the film she's also really good jody whitaker jody whitaker the the new doctor who exactly yeah i think when this episode posted will be right around the time that that premieres actually so yeah the first female doctor who yeah so she's also gone on to great (laughs) things uh and bigger things yeah, so surprising launch to like a number of careers. The director, he was also involved in a bunch of stuff after this. He helped direct the the Tintin film after this, yep. and he has some other big stuff. He wrote Ant Man. Ant Man, yep. that was the other one. He oh. has some other stuff coming he up. Did, too. Yeah, he nice. didn't direct it, but he wrote it. Yeah, yeah, he gets a story credit too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's a lot to like in this film. I think it, it's a great like little film yeah. and. It, it delivers what it promises. Yeah. yeah, as a like a modern sci-fi film, I think it's difficult to do new things. Mm-hmm. I think this film does that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's rare to see a like. I, I think it's actually like I can't even think of a film where a non-white group is like the main cast of characters. <sighs> yeah. In a sci-fi film. <clears throat> yeah, seriously, because it's like five black kids really, and like they have their white friend, and Jody Whittaker's white. Yeah, and like, but she's a secondary. But character. she's a secondary character. Yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah, no, I can't think of any either. I'm sure they, I'm sure it exists somewhere, but it does, nothing springs to mind. Yeah, I think the class politics in this film are pretty good too. And um, central to the movie, really. Yeah, yeah, They're important. Um, so yeah, we can start there. There's there's a lot to chew on for what 
could just be like a dumb horror sci-fi movie. Yeah, because it comes in at like 88 minutes. Like, this is very <laughs> trim. Short, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, they get they get right to it in this movie. It's a, yeah, it's a pretty good 88 minutes. Oh, it's great. Yeah, no, I think it totally works. Like they, it it's tight as a drum. Like there really aren't any wasted moments here. I mean, you can't waste any of your movies to be <laughs> under 90 minutes long. Um, so yeah, it's efficient. I think is the right word. It feels like obviously you hadn't seen this movie before, but this also is not like a big movie. Did you sure. have any idea what this was when we <laughs> when we suggested it, or did you just know that? Um, I had only Boyega heard of it, it because people mentioned it when John Boyega was cast as Finn in Star Wars. Yeah, that's when I first saw it. Yeah, yeah, and I just heard that you know people were bringing up that it was a great film. Uh, I didn't get around to seeing it, obviously. Okay, that's all I'd heard of it. I didn't even really know what it was about. Okay, so you didn't know it was like an alien invasion movie or a no or a British movie or. Any I just that. knew nothing about it. Wow. Okay. So this is like high school, and then well, were, we were, were you expecting anything? Because the name doesn't even really communicate that much. Yeah, I really don't know what I expected. <laughs> okay. Except that I expected to see John Boyega on the screen. Yeah, he was there a lot. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah he's in almost every scene. He's, yeah. he's, he's the yeah. main character. He's the main character. Yeah. yeah. And he has he has an arc, right? Like he starts in. I mean, it's a simple arc, but he you know starts in place B, learns things, ends up in place C. Um, yeah. So you know. It, it is efficient. It works. Um, what I thought was interesting again. is his character here feels very different from how he portrayed Finn. So it's strange He's an actor. to see them. Well, yeah, but like <laughs> it's funny to see, like they probably saw him in this role when they yeah. were considering him for the role of yeah, Finn. Abrams said that explicitly that yeah. they cast him because of this. Yeah, but it's such a different character. So yeah. it's funny. It's it's interesting what they might have seen in him. Yeah, I think you see his action shots. Mm -hmm. Like he he. If, He's expressive with his body, right? Like he's communicating a lot with how he moves, even if they're pretty minor movements. Um, and I think that that might have been what Abram spotted. Um, he's, okay. He comes across as very, to me anyway, in this performance, he comes across as very in control, but still at this like heightened sense of what's going on around him, right? Uh -huh. Like you get this idea that he's very aware of the tension, um, yeah. but still maintaining a composure through it. Um, and I think that that um, may be what Abram spotted, but I, I don't know what you think of Chamboyaga here, Crossman. Yeah, I think he's good to me. I I can put my finger on it, but it feels like he's like sort of has this like quiet rage to the character. Yeah, that's a good very, that's a good spot. He's yeah. he seems to have this like angry look on his face a lot of yeah. the film. Yeah, and then later you learn that he's like very much a product of poverty. He lives with. Essentially alone, really. Essentially alone. He has yeah. an uncle that kind of floats in and out of his life. And right. He knows that the uncle won't be around, so it's like a good place to like bring the aliens. Yeah. To to trap them. Right. And then he eventually destroys it. Right. That he has to he has to destroy his home, his apartment to save his home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So yeah, it was, it's interesting to to see him here. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a maturity to the character, right? Like a lot of the other. The, the, his buddies in this movie come across as very childish because they're children. Yeah, and they're supposed to. But he he communicates this self assuredness that I think is absent of the other characters. Yeah, they do a, a great thing, which I've seen in other like film and TV things. But they're they're sort of like the main group of kids, and they're like clearly teenagers and like yeah, a little older. And then there's like a group of very young kids that they like. <laughs> We saw kind of looked down on. Yeah, we saw that in City of God. Yeah, I, I, yes. I thought of that yeah. actually. Yeah. That's that's what I was trying to put my finger on. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that that's what I that's what I thought of too. Watching it this time around, um, that you have the two that start the alien on fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that uh, Probs and mayhem, mayhem, mayhem. Yes, yeah. Mayhem. Or the two younger kids. Those, they were great. Like I thought that they like they weren't grading. Like they were on the, the screen just the right amount of time to like not bother you. And still, they were like, pretty entertaining. Be fun, yeah, yeah. And they're the opposite of like the normal little kid role. It's like where they're like really annoying, right? And in, yeah. in in like a, like if this were like a '90s comedy, they'd be like the annoying kid, right? Right. Kid brothers, and they're not doing like they, and they're not. They're actually like they, quite. They daring. were a little, yeah, but like they, they, they were trying very hard for everybody else to accept their nicknames. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> and they like, had to keep asking for it. He, he he said like, if you ever want to be called mayhem, you gotta. Like toughen up or something like that. He had a good line about that. Like, yeah. So, like, they have this running gag um, throughout the movie, um, and then they follow through on it. They fucking burn that alien to death. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it worked pretty well. 
Uh, so yeah. you, were, you were talking about John Boyega's characterization. One thing I was unsure about was if his like serious demeanor was like for real or if it was kind of him putting on affectation to look hardcore for his for his compatriots. I mean, if he's actually 15, it must have been. An, every 15-year-old is putting on an affectation. Right? Well, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> I you were saying how he seems like self-assured and all that but i wonder if that's just him like puffing out his chest uh, yeah. to try to be the leader yeah yeah I, right and that's like the kind of impression i saw from him like looking super serious it's like that's just him trying to be hardcore yeah i think that's probably a more nuanced reading uh, you're i think you're right um that it like he that he can project this maturity while also not coming across it's still right. still seeming like a child Right. So yeah, what I was trying to get at yeah, is that, yeah. like, that's at the beginning of the movie where he's like just robbing people on the street and just yeah. looking like a hardcore street thug. Yeah. Um, but as the movie goes along, he you show you see more of like who he actually is. Yeah. And it kind of proves that that kind of demeanor is more earned. More yeah. Earned. Well, and they, he he admits later to the to the nurse, um, Jodie Whittaker, right? Jodie. That's right, Jodie. Yeah. Um, that they were scared when they were robbing her. Yeah, and yeah, which was kind of a interesting moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you had mentioned earlier, and I think I kind of talked over you, so I, I apologize. Um, that the the class politics are so central to this movie. And yeah, like, from the first moments, right? Because you see, like this movie opens with the nice white girl getting robbed by a bunch of scary black kids in hoods, and you know their faces covered, and they have a knife. So yeah, and then they you know they end up redeeming themselves both to with, the audience and which, to her and to her yeah yeah because by the end of the film she describes them as, as neighbors which I think and is like a heroes a, a great <laughs> yeah yeah a great moment yeah it is in the film um, yeah so there's and but it, it, and it doesn't just like I think it would be easy for a movie like this to set up that moment right where we see at the beginning of the movie everybody the the, the girls getting robbed. Uh, we go along with these kids, they end up killing the monsters at the end, and then she's on board with them, right? But that's not what this movie does, right? Like, there's a couple moments where they're just, like, in an apartment somewhere, literally discussing the the, the, the criminal and the crime victim discussing the crime together. Yeah. Right? Like, there's a couple moments like that. And that is some... Uh, uh, they're important moments to the movie, and yeah. stuff you don't really see that much in, like, in an action movie. They're not handled well, like... Yeah. I, I mean, you can go on for ages about why Crash is a terrible movie. Because like, <laughs> Crash, like, doesn't... I don't think it, like... It doesn't redeem the, like, correct characters yeah. in the film, and the reasons that they get redeemed are, like, kind of questionable. Yeah, like... Uh, Whereas, yeah. like, here it's sort of acknowledged that, like, yeah, they, like, they committed crimes, but then they've, like, redeemed themselves as... as, you know, neighbors. Like, they've, they've looked out for the other people on the block. Right. And, yeah. and you kind of see like how they get to the point where they commit that crime but the movie yeah. is not saying therefore it's okay for them to rob people. No, yeah, yeah. Right? Like yeah. it's, it, it has a more, it, it's not so definite about it. Mm -hmm. Right? Like it, it, it's saying like yes, this is still a crime. Yes, it's something that you need to be redeemed from. I mean, two or three of them die yeah. throughout the course of the movie uh, it, at the hands of these aliens and but we still see like they're living in poverty. The John Boyega character essentially doesn't have a parent is a 15-year-old living by himself. I mean, a lot of the other ones have single-parent homes. And, uh, you know, spoiler, at the end of the film, he's arrested. Yeah, yeah, immediately. Yeah. It's unclear if he's going to get out. Right. I think you've raised Crash. I think the other good parallel here is Three Billboards, which came out just this year, which we had a, had a soft recommend on an earlier episode. I can now firmly say do not see that movie. It's <laughs> fucking garbage. Yeah. Um, and it does the same thing that... Uh, that Crash does is that it redeems a character for essentially no reason and with no build up and with no retribution for their earlier earlier bad acts. Yeah. Um, and this movie unfortunate. Is, yeah, the movie was very unfortunate. Um, and this movie doesn't do that. Like it doesn't fall for that trap and it doesn't just assume that the audience is going to be on the protagonist side without some sort of foundation for that for mm -hmm. that allegiance. Um, again, basic fundamental uh, aspect of story, good storytelling and they do it here yeah there's like a spectrum of like bad acts in the film and yeah. they they punish the worst acts yeah uh, <laughs> there's sort of the like the drug dealer boss the king, guy the one that's a little bit older but yeah yeah and in 
like a training day kind of film. He would have been kind of cool. And right. in this film, he's actually like quite menacing and and really gets his comeuppance. Yeah. He's yeah. the real monster of this film. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Him and the police are the real monsters. <laughs> and the police. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, like they and the the I don't even want to call it our main crew is does suffer losses, right? Like yeah. how many of them die? Two. Two yeah. of them die. Yeah. And they're kind of gruesome deaths. Like it's Yeah. Yeah, some like face biting. There's some there's some there's, face there's a few face bites in this film. And the throat and there's a throat bite, like something that <coughs> one henchman gets his throat bitten out and the uh Drug dealer guy gets yeah his face. That, that was surprising. Yeah, just kind of out of nowhere. Maybe that was already pretty gory. That that was still surprising. <laughs> like just really high. Yeah, they really ramp up the gore in this, <laughs> in this film. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that I don't think this is a horror movie. Like I think there are mo- moments that draw on horror themes, but I don't think there's elements of it. There's some jump scares. Yeah, there's a couple attempts at jump scares at least. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's they're an action. Usually movie very obviously telegraphed, but yeah. they're still there. Yeah, but I think that when I, I see those moments where the guy gets his face torn off and the other guy gets his throat ripped out, there's some allegiance to horror here. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty gruesome. Yes, yes, um, it is. in a film that like you don't expect, expect that from. Yeah, it, it is funny. Like it's a funny. Film. It's it feel most of yeah. the time it feels pretty light, and even during the tense moments, it's like this excited tension, mm-hmm. right? It's not like a dread. Right, it comes from. It's like weirdly lighthearted, despite yeah. them all being in danger of being eaten. The whole time. Right. I mean, because I think it, it almost feels a little like self-aware that hey, this is an alien invasion movie, and isn't that kind of silly, <laughs> right? Like it, it, it they're, they're gorilla dogs the with radioactive teeth. Right. Exactly. Like they keep calling it like the gorilla dog thing, and like everyone like avoids the word alien. <laughs> right. Well, they, they like, use it a few it. times. Yeah, they use it a few times, but you'll have these characters that like where one, one of them gets told to stop saying alien. Then another one, it's like doing everything except saying the word alien. So like, <laughs> yeah, and they they constantly have to re-explain yeah what's that going it on. might be aliens to <laughs> new characters <laughs> yeah. in the film. Yeah, and um, everyone's like, it can't be an alien, so, so they have to like find another. The fact they have to do that is almost the film saying to the audience, like, no, it's okay, like this is it's silly an alien film. It's, yeah, and yeah. like we know that it's goofy. Yeah, um, but it, it like it has such great tonal control that like it can do that, but still like hit you with the gravity of the class. Yeah. Um, commentary and the, the that those thematics, um, which is like you watch this movie and this movie looks like it's easy to make, right? Because it's so simple, like it's just so just you know follows this pretty straight line yeah. ahead. But there's a lot of very difficult uh, control going on here. Yeah, I, I was reading about the casting in particular. So like the. They did the wire thing where they like kind of recruited kids sure. from like these areas, but also the kids were all like theater and school kids. Oh, so like makes sense. That's these cool. are, you know, you know, they have some real, training. They're capital A actors. Yeah, uh, and Actors. apparently the casting was quite difficult. They had to to try out like a lot of kids before they really they found like the the right group. It worked. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. hard to find kids they can act well, right? But I think they did a pretty good job here. They were very convincing. Yeah, well, yeah. Apparently, apparently, found out about the film through like a an online post uh, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. just like showed up to yeah, audition. Applied. Yeah. Wow. Um, but is yeah, it, it was this, apparently this like was a, his first film role. Um, he has an IMDb credit that's listed as earlier, but from the same year as like it, and he's like a minor character on some TV show. Okay. Um, but I don't. Sometimes IMDb like. Switches same year stuff, so it's unclear if like he shot sure. this and then the TV show came out first. Yeah. But this is certainly his first major role. Yeah. First major role, yeah, 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 yeah. easily. Um, which that's like a, I mean, I'm sure as like a producer, director, that's a scary thing to take on. Like a first time actor is your main character. Yeah. yeah. So you have to have a lot of confidence in like the group that you're pulling together. Yeah. Well, and I think it's especially with. My understanding is that in Great Britain and in the, the UK, acting school is more of a thing than it is here, right? Like I think well, you, I mean, all throughout Europe, yeah, right. Like I think you see a lot of young American actors learning on the job a lot, right? Where they get mm-hmm. they they get cast in a small role, they learn about how how the industry functions and how acting functions on the set of something smaller, and work their way up and work their way up and work their way up. And it's harder to find someone with like the natural talent. To lead a movie, that's that's why uh, Jennifer Lawrence is like so extraordinary, is because yeah. she like started out. She's an American, young American actor that started out in a leading role in a successful film. Huh. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's why so many like famous actors and musicians are like Disney, Disney Club or Mickey yeah. Mouse Club. It actually like, it was like a feeder program for all of Disney's content. So, right. Like, you know, we get Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake and <laughs> a bunch, many more. Right? It was a Disney Club mm-hmm. or Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Well, so it's like one of the few like "quote unquote" like feeder programs that we have yeah. in the states. Yeah, and I, I don't think you can draw a one-to-one uh, cause and effect type of relationship between the American acting schools having a prominent role in the film industry and the '70s being the most artistically successful period in American film yeah because there are so many actors in the 70s that are coming out of those schools like the De Niro's and Brando was earlier but Brando and Mm -hmm. Pacino and Dennis Hopper and like all these guys that were making those movies in the 70s they had real training like they actually went to acting school and learned how to act that matters it makes a difference and they're still doing it in Britain yeah the you know the government subsidizes it yeah it goes a long way it's like in Sweden where they have a great music program in the schools. Sure. Now all contemporary music is written by like a handful <laughs> of Swedes. Swedes. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. And um, I, yeah. I think the investment pays off. Pays off. Though. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. said at the beginning of this movie like that it was funded by the National Lotto in in the UK, right? And you yeah. see that at the beginning of all. I don't think we've watched any British movies here before this, but that's at the front of most many it's British refreshing. movies. Um, and huh. this film like crush it on the film circuit or, on the uh, the the, the uh, festival the festival circuit yeah like it won like tons of awards which is how I heard of it because I um, it was playing at the LA Film Fest oh, really? around when it came out in 2011 I okay. heard about it on the radio and then <laughs> when thought it out after that okay this isn't the kind of film i would imagine for like the film festival type but i just have like a stereotype in my head i guess yeah i think um i saw a lot of good films coming out of la film fest at least um i haven't done them in new york as much um but i think there's a lot of good stuff happening on on film festivals just because it's like outside the traditional circuit you get more international stuff like this Mm -hmm. um yeah, but there's bad stuff too. So you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a mixed bag. You kind of just gotta like, right? Well, and you know, listen for things that are interesting. Yeah, because there's no Rotten Tomatoes for it, right? Like you yeah. can't like go and see what people, what the critics think about this movie because it's literally probably one of the first screenings ever for any kind of public uh, when you go to uh, when you go to a film festival and. Yeah. You know, it kind of. Well, this is how these smaller films get their Rotten oh. Tomato scores. Is they do the oh, film sure. festival circuit, critics see them and then review them, and that's yeah. how you after, end up. after the festival, right? Like if yeah, you're, yeah, if you're there, you still have to kind of take some that films risk. like get a buzz though, <laughs> yeah. like during yeah, the certainly. film festival, um, certainly. Like this film, which is how I heard of it. So. Yeah, I mean, I I had, think I'd heard of it, um, but I didn't. I like heard of it and then didn't watch it or pay any attention to it until I heard that Boyega was being cast in Star Wars, and I was like, all right, oh. Oh, go check it out. So that must have been like 2013, 2000, something like that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. When did Force Awakens come out? 2015? 15. So it was probably a couple years before that that they decided yeah. to cast him. Um, so yeah, that's around the time that I watched it. And it was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so good things at film festivals. <laughs> good, good things at film festivals. <laughs> Sometimes bad things, but often good. Um, one of the things I really liked about this film is the, the language. In the film. Yeah, it's I wanted dense. to bring that up. My, yeah. my, the dialogue is my favorite part of this movie. Yes, yeah. awesome. And <laughs> hilarious. And the slang that they use is <laughs> yeah. great. So I, I just love their accents and, like, yeah, the slang. Um, and I, I guess it's kind of hilarious to me because of the you what made memes and that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah. You know, they talk like that. Well, it kind of has the. I love the term bruv. Yeah. <laughs> which is spelled B R U B. VRU. Yeah, that's part of yeah. that's part of that meme sphere. It's a way of saying like man or, or dog yeah, or, or dude. Bro. Yeah. My, my dude. Yeah, yeah I What's, love that adaptation it, of it. It feels yeah. like a, a a combination of bro and love. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of sweet. <laughs> um, Another I, thing I liked is they used a ton of pop culture references, but they felt very organic. Yeah. Rather than like you know corporate shilling. Yeah. Uh, well, so they would mention like going to play FIFA or that like these monsters are, like some Gears of War shit or something like that. But it felt <laughs> real because you know these kids play Gears of War in FIFA yeah. and they're talking about it like kids who have played Gears of War in Should FIFA. Should have gone home and played It's FIFA. also very natural. Like they talk like really fast among yeah. the group and the group yeah. is able to like keep up. And I think it's part of the reason why it's easier to understand because you can follow like the responses a lot faster. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas it's not like a you know poorly paid Utah like American. And then you talk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, to me, that's a feat of editing, right? Like that that they were able to uh, string that because I, I doubt they delivered all those lines in that way, right? Like hmm. to me, th- that's got to be a case where they were able to pick out those lines and sew them together in such a way that still feels coherent and natural while uh, while still communicating the the tone and the feel of this group right yeah. like that's a that is a, a both audio editing and visual editing i think it's also the actors like you, yeah, there's certainly. a very strong core at the there's center a, of the group there's a, a chemistry yeah, yeah. yeah. and you can also like between different groups they have like different slang like when they go meet the drug dealers sure. they're like they they speak a lot slower and they yeah, yeah. they have like a different intonation with like the way that they use slang yeah yeah that's a good catch yeah um I like, like you have the way. random white biologist dude talking with him and he just sounds so different right and he's yeah. like kind of an outsider like immediately yeah. he's marked as someone that's like not a part of it yeah but, he's like a yeah. dork that yeah, like, he's a dork. gets <laughs> like <laughs> trapped up in this like incident <laughs> yeah he's in, like just a stoner he's just like yeah, yeah he's a good college level stoner yeah he's a, brought up a lot of the jokes in the film right they even hit him with a baseball bat yeah. accidentally in the <laughs> eye yeah, like, the they eye. hit him yeah. pretty good which is really Funny, <laughs> yeah, just um, fucking clock him. I, but I, he, he's the one that figures out the thing at the end. He, he well, because he was watching the nature documentary. Yeah, they foreshadow it with the nature video, the mods. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but he, he's That's the cute. one that has the the insight there. Yeah, um, I, I like that character quite a bit. Um, yeah, he's fun. I, he keeps trying to leave the film, but he keeps getting yeah, like, thrust, back thrust back into the events. And he's got film. like terrible luck with the elevator, which right. I always thought was hilarious. There were multiple scenes where he decides to wait for the next one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then like he he's like waits the elevator. The kids and, is funny. Yeah. yeah, like the drug dealer boss guy yeah. is there, and there's just bloody dead bodies, <laughs> and he's like, "You better get the, the next, next one. one. Yeah, I'll get the next one." <laughs> yeah, uh, I like the moment yeah. that he has with um. What's his name? The Nick Frost. Nick Frost when they're on yeah. the couch and he's like worried about the aliens and he's like, listen, it was four feet tall and a bunch of kids kicked it to death. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be fine. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're right, we're fine. Yeah. And like and meanwhile at that point the audience knows that they're actually like giant gorilla dog monsters. Yeah. Um, so that that moment cracked me up too. He's also a character that would die in a film like this, but then he ends up surviving. So yeah. the movie like plays with your expectations a lot. Actually, even when they introduce him where he he seems very much like a throwaway character because they meet him at the bottom of the elevator. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll take the next one. Right. And it turns out they're all going to the same <laughs> place to buy out there before them, I guess. Yeah. I don't know uh, I don't know how that happened. Yeah. But um weird. his yeah. dad's car got like ruined. Yeah, that was, the that was really the, funny. With the alien landed on at the at the beginning. Yeah. To see him walking over to the car and it's like you this. know it's the one that got hit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that that was a, an excellent moment. He, he's just the punching bag in the movie, I guess. He really is, yeah. It, but it's it's well played, I think. Yeah, I I agree. Like, because he's not. I think it would be easy for a character like that to come across as just like pathetic, and like he's not a strong character, right? Like he's running away from shit all the time. Like he gets, you know, conked on the head. The entire he's, movie, he's yeah. hiding for from the cops for some reason. Yeah, well, no, he has priors too. Yeah, Which I, priors. I like that detail about his character. <laughs> yeah. He also like has He's a two striker. He's, he's also <laughs> yeah. a criminal. Like Yeah, like and he's high the whole movie. Yeah. So like it's easy I think it would be easy to play that character as like this pathetic kind of pitiful guy and he doesn't really come across that way. He's like more endearing than that. Right? He, he, that's that's what I got from him. That that he's just pathetic outright. He's that, pretty that pathetic. He's, yeah. That he's that this this pitiful guy. Okay, I guess I, I didn't read him as quite that sad right like i think that there was uh, just something more to him and like that he's this guy whose side you're on because he keeps getting put upon but he's also like you know getting through it right like he's powering through and like making it and i think that that makes him a little bit more than just this dude that you Mm. feel bad for the whole time i don't know i i felt a little annoyed by him because he's so clearly the outsider now that you're like in with the main characters of the movie yeah and so his presence always felt a little annoying because he was so different Oh, see, I, I like I, I like his confusion, right? Or, or like when he tries to ingratiate himself with a group, and then and he like just offers like, a fist bump, right? Yeah, and then it's just like not landing at all, and then it kind of pays off later on where they he helps them out, he solves the problem really, and like they he gets his fist he, bump. he gets his fist bump, yeah, exactly. Um, what do we think about uh, <laughs> Jody Whitaker here? She's the other kind of outsider uh, relative to the our main group. Uh, yeah, I thought she was great. Um, yeah, she 
plays things like very naturally um like her emotions are like well communicated and mm -hmm. how she kind of like turns it back on them when she, they like invade her apartment yeah. i think yeah um yeah they they get into this like argument and she's able to like kind of hold her own Right, and she, she's like no longer afraid of of them. Yeah, another character that's that feels self assured. I think when she gets yeah. them on her turf, like in her apartment, yeah, when they need something, right? Because the first time they show up for her, like the one the one white kid in the group who has gotten bitten on the leg, and she's a nurse and needs to she like helps heal him. him, and then she saves John Boyega when the she gets a kill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with her kitchen knife. Yeah, so yeah. she like is she has her own like action scene. Yeah, yeah, and it film. it works. Um, yeah. I like that there's no moment where she's just like screaming at the camera because she's scared of the monsters. Yeah, right. she's not a, a dis in distress ever. Right, she's not the, uh, the terrified woman that needs to, like, run weird and <laughs> get away from the, <laughs> from the monster. Right, like, she is, she still communicates reasonable fear because it's a scary situation, mm -hmm. um, but it's never this debilitating fear, right, where she becomes unreasonable. Yeah, even when she gets mugged at the beginning of the film, when they're, like, interrupted, she, yeah. like, unmugs herself, essentially, <laughs> yeah. and leaves, yeah. leaves yeah. the scene. Takes off. And she's like a afraid, but like has her own like agency within within the film, right? Because I think there's a lot of movies that have that, that that female character, right? Like the only female character in the in the horror movie. And as soon as the scary thing happens, she becomes this useless burden, right? Like yeah, that, that she mm -hmm. needs to. They need to stop her from running away in a stupid way. They need to like keep her quiet if she's screaming too loudly, and that never happens here. Yeah, and she's like the only like functioning adult in the film right well and they make a point yeah. of it right that yeah. she's older than them and she actually is i looked it up i think john boyega is like 10 years younger than she is yeah mm -hmm. that's a big gap and, and the movie doesn't ignore it yeah and the, the film yeah. is they're like why do you live here and she's like well i'm a nurse i don't make any money yeah <laughs> and it's yeah. like i thought that was a little strange because her apartment looked really nice right but it's still in this part of town right like yeah so she makes enough money it's just, to, she looks she's like she's well off based on the way she's dressed and her apartment looks really, really nice. Yeah, so I mean, she probably makes more money than the people that are yeah. on the dole, as they say in in the UK. But um, <laughs> it's so she can furnish her place and dress well, but not well enough to actually live in like London proper. She has to like be in sure. South London. Um, so I think that's what they're, and she probably gives a shit, right? Like these are a bunch of kids, like they're and they're not gonna maintain a a clean home. Um, so I think that <laughs> that is what they're getting at there. At least that's what I got out of it. Um, yeah, it's just, I guess, I don't expect, like, an immaculate and huge apartment in a low-income apartment block. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't feel it like it's pretty it, huge. Really? I didn't, they it looked, didn't it like... Looked, it looked massive to me. Yeah, and we live in New York, really. That's true. It's a really That's true. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think she just, like, brought a lot of maturity to the yep. to the film. Right. Yeah, you well, need that is... to balance off the group. Yeah, and I think that she serves that role well, because it, it's not just this movie then that's dominated by children the entire time you have this perspective of someone who's more more experienced more mature that can kind of say like you guys need to stop doing this you guys need to behave like adults there's yeah. a, a way to handle this um and she serves that role a couple times uh throughout the film so yes and she's the next uh, doctor who now I don't, I've never watched that show, so I don't know if she'll be good or not. I've just seen the news because it's big news. Yeah, it made nerds angry. It made but nerds angry. Yeah, so I never a, watched the show. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, no, I, never, I never watched it either. That like, delights me more. Than angry nerds? Than angry nerds. You yeah. must be delighted all the time then because those guys will are always angry. <laughs> it's, it's been a good run <laughs> it's recently. For, for nerd anger? Speaking of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. There's some nerd anger. Suddenly very divisive. But, yeah, like. I mean, I guess on the one hand, I get it. Like, I get why they're angry, but on the other hand, I, I don't. Because it's, like, <laughs> such a stupid thing to be angry about. Whatever, the, pick the thing you're angry about. It's stupid in this case. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's generally, like, yeah, nerd anger. Right? Nerd anger is never not stupid. Yes, you are. You are correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sometimes it's righteous, like the... The Battlefield 2 price. <laughs> right, but it's like, if you're, you're going to direct all, they're right, they were right about that, right? Yeah. That was unfair, that that did, like, kind of undermine the game, but you're going to direct context, all. context, this is like a video game pricing right. system exactly. that the nerds were outraged about. It's something about. you're spending your money on. Right, right, but like. The, is it wrong for people to care about things? No, uh, no but it's, it, you can care fine, but like, the degree to which that they are caring about that compared to. Like anything else that matters, <laughs> like it just feels so. Well, I mean, they, they like 
post a comment online and like downvote an EA comment. Like it's not like it's the core of their effort. No, it just that, seems like it because there's a thousand people doing it. Right, exactly. But there's not a thousand people that care about like anything that actually affects a life that is in a significant real way. <laughs> right? Like that that the uh, scale uh, of it and the There probably are. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Man, but it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Okay. I, I think she's a really good actor, and I hope to see her in, in more stuff. Then you should yeah. watch the new season of Doctor Who. Doesn't Doctor Who have a large female viewership? Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. Which, so, which is why this... You would imagine I'd be pretty delighted about that. I actually hear more about it through women than yeah. men. I, I, I feel like I, I actually don't, don't know any don't, men Yeah, that exactly. That, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, so I, I think that is... Like, well, you look at the people that are upset about that casting, and I think it is the apparently male Doctor Who fans, the, the minority male Doctor Who fans. <laughs> who are very noisy. Yeah. But yeah, I, again, I'm not a Doctor a Whovian, as they say, <laughs> um, and I'm, I have no doubt that if you were to talk to the average fan, that they were pretty excited about this casting decision. Um, mm -hmm. There's also yeah. like 900 Doctor Who episodes or <laughs> yeah, something. It's like it's been, 30 seasons or something. It's been going yeah. since the 70s. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was like, wasn't there a gap? I'm like, sure there was a gap, but like that was pretty long. But because like there was like a long original run from my understanding. Yes. And then recently it's been going for like hard for like the last 10 years. Yeah. Like there, there's supposed to be an on, like if you want to start watching Doctor Who, there's an, an on-ramp in the in the 2000s that's like yeah. where you should be beginning mm -hmm. and they kind of like restart the series i guess i don't know um so you don't have to go back to the 70s and watch all 900 dollar <laughs> or 900 doctor who episodes that were made for 50 cents a piece but uh yeah there's a <laughs> there's a lot of them a yep. lot of them and it's been around for a long time wasn't it like a star star track thing where they were like we can just shoot on other sets and like have it be <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. a different world. <laughs> I'm, I have no doubt because it's uh, famously people low budget, right? Like, yeah, that that and they've they've kind of married themselves to that aesthetic because even the the modern episodes like look like they were put together in somebody's garage, mm -hmm. just like with better lighting. And that, I like things that do that. Oh, I, that's one of the reasons I don't like it. Like, I can't, oh, really? I can't look past it. Like, it just looks like garbage to me. I, I can't get past how. <laughs> well, it maybe is. it's like too much for <laughs> Doctor Who, but like. With like the current Star Wars films, I like that they like kept the technology crappy. Oh, that I like. Yes, yeah. yeah that, then we've talked about that like during the Predator episodes and things like that. That makes sense. But I feel like what Doctor Who does, and again, this is someone who hasn't really seen that much Doctor Who. I feel like they're fetishizing that old tech, like the, uh -huh. where they're saying like, "Oh, look, it isn't it neat that we have to use a, a colander for a hat or whatever," and. They don't need to do it anymore, so it just feels like such a put on. Right? Well, it's like a quirk yeah. of the show, I guess. Yeah, and, and now yeah, I, I don't know anything about it. I, yeah, I yeah, just found this out. It's yeah. an aesthetic of the show, and like yeah. they're doing it out of loyalty or whatever. But Star Wars just taught me that we should throw away everything old and adopt only things new. Well, isn't it? Yeah, so. it, it could be similar to like Star Wars having a gritty and used <laughs> technology look. Right, but they don't use the same level like they're not using rubber suits anymore right like, uh -huh. like you don't see the ketchup coming out of the guy's arm when he gets his arm chopped off in Moss Eisley right like that's not they're not doing that and Doctor sure. Who is still doing like that level of okay. of special effects <laughs> and you know you can move on like you have a bigger budget you don't need to like it, it almost feels like they're they're mocking low budget things now and that mm. that is kind of shitty to me uh, you know the, the funny thing is one thing that keeps me from watching Doctor Who is the fact that their time machine is a phone box. Yeah. Uh, which reminds me of Back to the Future where they're like, oh, if you can make a time machine, why not make one with style? <laughs> <laughs> and we, we laughed at Dr. Brown, but uh, there's a lot of merit to his, 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 his design choices. Yeah. Because uh, I might not have watched Back to the Future if the time machine weren't a really awesome car. Well, well, it's the only reason anybody knows anything about a DeLorean. Yeah. That's true. Today. Yeah, that is 100% true. Yeah, yeah. It, it's such a forgettable, terrible like '80s car. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it it does have a look, right? Like it the has thing, a look. it no, no other car looks like that. You see it, and you immediately know what vehicle it is. The, it, there's some interesting story behind DeLorean too, where like the company fell apart because like the founder was like on drugs or something. <laughs> no, well, the was problem like, was it was just a, a shitty car. Like, it looks great, but the stainless steel body was super heavy, and they were. Sense all outfitted with underpowered engines so they couldn't really get anywhere. Yeah. So it's a heavy car with a weak engine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's one of the heaviest cars like I so did like, not know it was, it's, it's funny yeah. because 
in Back to the Future, they needed to hit 88 miles an hour to travel through time. <laughs> but I think the real DeLoreans actually couldn't hit 88 miles an hour. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know it was actually made out of stainless steel. I think so. That's insane. Why would you do that? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, to bring it back to uh, Attack the Block, um, yeah. apparently the first alien that they run into was just like a puppet that they used. So clearly, yeah. And it was actually like scared the, the, some of the kids <laughs> really? in the film. Yeah. It's, it's a nice looking model. It looks yeah. almost like something out of an alien film. Yeah. It, it's got a similar kind of Geiger-esque design to it. Yeah. It does. And uh, I, I like how the, the male creatures in the film are designed too, where they're just like really they're just black but you mm -hmm. see they're like yeah, they're, they're teeth. like a really dark black yeah blacker than black yeah i think it's a cool and like clever design like something i haven't yeah seen one thing really. i noticed or that i i guess i'm thinking about now with the designs of the creatures is they kind of remind me of like street art you know like that kind of style of art that um you would see in I guess I don't know the right words for it, but like it's kind of like street art. Like a graffiti style. Yeah, they have like that kind of, they have a certain style of drawing, right? Where you, sometimes you see like those sketches where it's just like tons of images all over a page or whatever. Right, it's right? very geometrical. And they would have like a certain cartoony style to them that is very unique to like an urban or street art style. And when I think about it now, I think those monsters kind of remind me of that, which would I, fit the theme of the movie. Yeah, it, I, I hadn't made that connection, but I, I see it. Like, I get it. Yeah, like, There's yeah. a slight cartooniness to the monsters, like the the female monster or whatever, like, is has, like, kind of a furry head. And yeah. Well, they have, sticks like, out. glowing teeth. Glowing <laughs> teeth, <laughs> yeah. Glow blue. <laughs> yeah, so apparently it was just, like, a few guys in, in suits, and then they, like, digitally kind of decolorize them yeah. and then yeah. they the like what looks like hair or like spikes on the aliens was added digitally oh huh. that's what it looked uh, like especially like when there's a, yeah. a moment when he like puts his hand on one i don't of the know dead about ones. the teeth but like yeah. one of the one of the kids puts their hand on one of the dead ones and like you can see that it's digitized at that point yeah but i think it was no, still i didn't i didn't notice it was digitized oh really because i thought it could have just been like a fur suit that they just darkened oh, okay well great yeah if it, yeah. If it played then then yeah, even better because be i think it was a good choice to like not try to make this hyper detailed CG monster right like yeah they, did, they been, did the opposite yeah. right they just like moved far far away from that and just like played really simple and really yeah stark. especially with like the yeah. scope or budget that they have it really yeah. works yeah it was like a way of like showing but not showing yeah the aliens I think it's like a clever yeah budgetary well, constraint yeah. yeah and it stands around stands in contrast to the characters thing because the costuming is pretty detailed in this movie like they yeah. have a lot of like distinctive outfits that mm. like really mark each individual character. Like there's the kid that has the glasses. The, there's the kid with the purple hoodie. There's the kid with the black cap with the red brim. Right. Like they yeah. each have these really stark and differentiating articles of clothing. And whereas all the aliens have they have no different. They have different bikes too. Yeah. All the, like the yeah. kid has yeah. the one the pizza delivery bike. <laughs> yeah. Something that is that, funny. That wipes out. Um, the one has like the the little uh, crotch rocket that he hits the <laughs> hits the alien with. Um, one just has a bike. One just has a yeah. There's a couple that I think just have a. bike. Yeah, they're like trying to escape from these aliens running after them in like yeah. motorbikes, and one guy's just in the back pedaling <laughs> a bike like and also hard. carrying a person. Yeah. I'm like this poor guy. <laughs> yeah, like anybody else should be carrying the kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that in that way they they stand apart because we have these characters who just like exude personality and you know uniqueness and like stand so far apart from one another in the in terms of how they dress. And then aliens that are just the same. Every single one is identical to the last one and all want uh -huh. the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I think well, there's a scene late. I think the climax of the film where there's like a John Boyega is running to his own apartment and they do it in slow yeah. motion. And, and I it think totally works. It it yeah. Yeah, it totally works. Whereas like uh sort of like an alien alien might not have <laughs> worked in yeah. that scene because you'd be able to like look at it and see the flaws in, right. in the creature. Right. They couldn't just like move it faster. So they would have they could essentially couldn't shoot that scene. They'd have to do it some other way. Yeah. yeah. And in it's a great scene. Like yeah. it's a long, like slow motion shot. And, and and I think it's the only time we really get a slow mo shot uh, yeah. in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah the, it there's a there's a physicality to uh, John Boyega's performance um, that probably got him noticed. Part of what got him noticed for Star Wars um, that that works really well here. Um, like when he got the kill with the the samurai sword, like that was a pretty good move that he pulled off there, or his stunt double or whoever. Yeah, um, it works. Yeah, uh, really well. Um, so well, I remember I read an interview once. I think it was not with the director. It was with the. Um, 
I want to say the cinematographer, where they talked about one of the techniques they used during the action sequences was to frequently, even if it's for a very short moment, because the action sequences are cut a lot here, uh -huh. um, was to cut back to characters' faces in the midst of action sequences and get a lot hmm. of reaction shots uh, from from the individual players as the action sequence is, is going on. And I was watching for it here, and it is de they definitely do it, and it, it uh -huh. works really well. And it like keeps, it, it feels like it keeps the action moments still grounded in character because you can see like their emotion uh as the scene plays out alongside the actual events of the scene um the, the moment that i remember is when the kid in the purple hoodie is running from the monster and he has to do the jump from like the bridge onto the stairs like across this gap that he like challenged himself to do earlier and they pull him off and you you have him running quick shot of his face he gets up on the banister, shot of his face again, jumps across, shot of his face after he lands. And you see like his entire his entire emotional arc, it takes like three seconds or something like that. But these quick shots like just deliver exactly who this like how, what this guy is feeling and experiencing mm -hmm. in that moment. And I think that a lot of lesser films might have even taken that as one shot. And that might look cooler in the moment, but it wouldn't communicate the character quite as clearly. And it's an interesting technique um, that I think pays off really well here. Yeah, you see John Boyega late in the, again, at the climax of the film, where he's like struggling to light the yeah. rockets, which yeah. is like a nice moment of tension, like classic, like right. Yeah, right. can't get it to light moment. <laughs> and, but it, his face is in that shot too. Mm -hmm. You can see him like struggling it, struggling right. with it. And it's a good subtle moment for him too because that's, that's another moment where it would be easier for a lesser actor to play it bigger. And I think that even when no one's around, he's trying to maintain this, you know, this masculinity, this, you know, I don't mm -hmm. get shaken, this, you know, facade, whatever it is. Um, and you start seeing it crack there, um, but then he gets it and he doesn't actually have to, you know, freak <laughs> out. And it's this, it's a nice subtle moment from, from John Boyega. Um, turns out he's a good actor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he did get more emotional when he realizes that he's kind of the reason everything's going wrong, yeah. right? Yeah, that's true. Like, the whole problems of this film are because he wanted to, like, kind of be macho and go mm -hmm. beat up the alien mm -hmm. at the beginning of the film. Uh, and that gets the pheromones onto his jacket, and that's why all the male aliens are attacking him and his crew. Yep. And, and everyone he, he, And then he realizes this yeah, and he gets pretty torn up about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that's another reason that, or one of the reasons that that scene plays well is because you, you don't see much yeah. emotion uh, from him uh, prior to that, right? That he is playing it cool, he is collected. Yeah, it's more he, meaningful than yep, he's the contrast. The contrast. Um, so you know that this is something that may, you don't even see that much fear out of him. Mm -hmm. um, you just. You, you see a guy that's a, it's very important for him to keep it together and so if that's the thing that cracks him you know that it's it's big that it matters to him yeah and yeah. like the motivation for it is because he cares about the people around him and he knows that he's brought this like destruction upon them yeah yeah exactly exactly even if it was unintentional too right yeah. like he which still, it was he still takes it was unintentional but it was a direct result of his actions yeah yeah and it's something that they didn't necessarily need to do Yes. Right. Yeah. Like that it's it was about them like saying, Yes, we are man enough to be able to kill this thing, to like go and, and enact violence on this thing. Yeah. Um and that 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 even though that their their purpose was obviously not to inspire an alien invasion, um <laughs> they, they nonetheless, yeah, can take responsibility and recognize that it's their obsession with performative masculinity that led to this invasion, that this uh, foreigner. Yeah, there's like a parallel group of girls in the film yeah. too, and they they for a brief moment end up in their apartment. Yep, um, that's where Jody gets her kill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and the the girls also kind of defy like stereotypes within the film too, because like the aliens end up breaking into the apartment and they're able to like kill the aliens too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah. They have that, yeah, that great moment when in the bedroom, right? Yeah. When one of them rushes in the in the bedroom, they and kill like, her with, uh, uh, with an ice skate. Yes, and yeah, something okay. else. Uh, um, they they put a bed sheet over it to blind it, and then they and then they just like whack it and, it and, it. and they just pummel it to death with a 
Yeah, and then they kind of kick the boys out. They're like, don't yeah. bring, bring this here. What did yeah. you do? Get out of yeah. here. We don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, which is a great uh, moment. Right. Well, and it, it shows this, like, coordination between them, right? Like, that they're, like, immediately kind of have this yeah. plan that they are able to execute, and it works, and that's that, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, the boys' plan was to, like, run up to the thing and kick it to death. <laughs> and, like, that's that. Yeah, and they get kind of angry at the boys. They're like, why did you drag us into this? Wait, that's, just... a, that's reasonable anger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, they, they should be angry about that. But they have the so security many, gate. So yeah. many films wouldn't make that choice. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Similar to the choice that they made with, with Jodie Whittaker, right? Where she is yeah. being dragged into this thing that she doesn't want to be a part of. Um, that. They're, they're bringing all of this onto their community. Though. Yeah, it's just like all the characters in the film have agency, right? Like, they're, yeah. they're not victims. Like, they live they live in a tough situation, but, like, they, this, you know, they take care of themselves. Yeah, they have their own concerns, and yeah. it's, it's not necessarily the concerns of our, our heroes, mm-hmm. um, such as they are. Uh, what do we think of the, uh, the very end, when he blows up the apartment, jumps out the window, and gets arrested? Got a bit of Die Hard going there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I thought it was a little cheesy that he had to grab onto a Union Jack flag. <laughs> yes, although they set it up because you see that that flag shows up in like numerous shots. I didn't notice it somehow. Oh, really? But as soon as like the thing exploded, I'm like, <laughs> oh, he's gonna be holding a Union Jack flag, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, because they because they have several establishing shots of the exterior of the. Uh, the apartment complex and that that <laughs> flag is in like nearly all of them <laughs> and, yeah. like, and, and there he is because uh, it, yeah. it was nice to see like the entirety of the block cheering for yeah. Mrs. Yeah, Boyer's character he won him over it was an inspiring moment yeah uh, he had won their adoration uh, legitimately uh, he'd kind of absolved um, his own mistake from the beginning yeah. of the film uh, and he'd also won over uh, Jody's character. Yeah, calls, I guess, I guess she's more of the block as well. Yeah, she's I like, think most importantly, it's not the hero part that I think stuck out to me. It's the fact that she calls them neighbors. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I you mentioned that like earlier. Really yeah. important. Where she, there was a part where she said she was considering moving because she didn't like the neighborhood, quote unquote. Yeah, one was like, "What's wrong with the neighborhood?" And it's like, "Well, there's aliens everywhere," and she got robbed this <laughs> earlier tonight. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you no, know, I think you're exactly right. That that that's a good catch. That because uh, it it doesn't just say that she is, you know, uh, forgiving them for the, the earlier crime as well as the crime of bringing the aliens in, but she's also accepting herself into the community and yeah. identifying herself as uh, members of this group in this this yeah. apartment complex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that you're you're right to to point that out. Um, I was reminded of... The well, and, and it's important that she says that to a police officer yeah. as well. Because earlier yeah. in the film, she's trying to get the police officers to find the group of kids. Right. And she, she explains like who they are and, yeah. and what they look like. It, it works. They arrest John Boyega. He's in handcuffs in the back of the police van. That was yeah. one of the less believable parts of the film is that they believe her and they're actually able to like, <laughs> like, act on her reporting of a crime. Like, so like three that, cops on that, that case. ring is like, <laughs> yeah. well, why are they responding to this? <laughs> yeah, unlike fireworks, crime. right? Like they had, like made a point of saying that yeah. it was a busy night, and like nonetheless, there's three police officers to <laughs> yes, yeah, guy guy fox night, right? Yeah, right, whatever. I don't, uh, what is that? Guy fox night. Oh, is, is that they celebrate that in yes, London? Yes, the 11th of November, right? And they set off fireworks? 5th of November, right. Yeah. They tell you to you remember, didn't remember the thing. Um, is that what it was? I didn't put that uh, Yeah, I think so. Okay. And yeah, was... they set off fireworks to celebrate the almost bombing of Parliament. Right. Yeah. Okay. I could be wrong in that. I think that's what the Wikipedia Yeah, I, I believe yeah. you. Yeah, that makes perfect I sense. I thought they said it was like a month after Halloween, but I, I might be forgetting. Uh, I could check it right now. I've, yeah, I have no idea. But um, in any event, they, they may do make a point of saying it's a busy night. Yeah. There's fireworks going on all over the place. Cops won't be that accessible. Yeah, but they'll go out of their way for the white woman, For this right? light, white lady that got mugged by a bunch of black kids. Yeah. yeah that that, that yeah. they have time for. Yeah, so it's Guy, Guy Fox night. Okay. Which is why they all have uh, um, fireworks. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but I was reminded of, in that last sequence, the end of Do the Right Thing. Um, have you seen Do the Right Thing? I've not seen it. It's a good movie. Yeah. Um, I think I've seen one scene from it, though. There's a, many good ones, um, but... I think this is a better, like, less heavy-handed way of 
Do you think this is better than Do the Right Thing? That is high praise. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I like this one a lot. I think it's yeah, a I like this movie a lot too. But I mean, Do the Right yeah. Thing is like an all-time great. It's good. Yeah. 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 And well, but they they end in a similar way where they both frame cops as outsiders, right? Like they're mm-hmm. they're both movies about a community, and it's a it's a low-income community with a high minority population that has tension within the community. And but the only time that you see the community really break down is when police officers enter. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, and the, they even say that within the film that the kids are like, oh, the cops are here. But then they're yeah. like, oh, but they're not here to stop the aliens. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that yeah. is an important yeah. thing in this movie, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the cops are never seen dealing with the aliens right. ever in the movie. They're, yeah, they're not. The community saviors. has to deal with it themselves. The cops just come and arrest John Boyega at the yeah, end. That's all they do, really. Yeah, that, they, all they do is arrest John Boyega the entire film. Yeah, that's super important. I think you're you're exactly right. Because um, they don't care about the real problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the cops are not there to fix the real issue. And the real issue is that there are aliens here killing everyone. <laughs> well, it's not that they don't care. They're just, like, not aware of it, right? That, too. Yeah, yeah they're just, like, sure. it's so beyond, like... Right, they're, what they're refusing sc- to accept scope it. Scope of focus is. Yeah, well, and, yeah. So, and the, the community is so used to the police officers not engaging with their problems, they don't even bother telling them. No, right? like, yeah. There's well, not even the scene where someone like calls up the cop and says, there's aliens everywhere. Like, that doesn't happen. I'm yeah, like, the yeah. one kid who has a phone who's stuck yeah. in the trash bin is cornered by an alien. Yeah. Uh, calls his friends and his yeah. mom. He yeah. apologizes to his mom for <laughs> doing bad stuff. <laughs> right. They're like, what are you talking about? Come home. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the other thing that comes up a couple of times that I guess maybe dates the movie a little bit, but also uh, is a class marker that they have limited time on their phones. Yeah. They talk several times about how they have like I, a few minutes I think left. that's a really Euro thing. Okay. Because uh, when I've traveled to Europe, you get SIM cards and the SIM cards are time-based. Okay. And you can, it, they have like a ton of networks there, so it's easy easy to switch from carrier to carrier. Interesting. You just buy a new SIM card, and you just get minutes on the SIM card. Okay. Okay. Um, so hot tip: if you're traveling to Europe, buy a SIM card because they're really cheap, and you get like a bajillion minutes and data on them. Okay. At least in in England. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, but these kids were always all low on their minutes, right? They they were they the one kid that yeah the trash band was talking about how he has like one minute left. Somebody earlier said they have like one text left. Yeah, which is insane because the text is like no data at all. <laughs> right. Well, even here we get charged for text still, but which yeah. is bananas, right? Like, yeah. it, it, it's absurd. It requires like the, no the per data fee on text is like astronomical. Right. It's ridiculous. Right. Uh, doesn't make sense. But uh, yeah, still clearly a, a class marker that they're they're low on the, their abu- ability to communicate. I think you're right. It's also at the time, though, yeah. where you're just like, because I I feel like that might have. Translated more to American audiences at the time, probably. I mean, it wasn't that long. It was 2011. Like, it's not that yeah, old. Things change pretty fast. That's true, especially with cell phones. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They don't have smartphones either, which is like right. Yeah, it's refreshing. all all <laughs> hardy Nokia's. <laughs> yeah, stuff. yeah. Uh, so they can survive an alien invasion. A uh, Nokia can. Um, in any case, uh, any anything we haven't touched on that we you want to talk about, Charles? Um, one thing that I'm thinking of now that I thought was interesting, or that <clears throat> I now think was interesting, is contrasting John Boyega's character with the older drug dealer guy. Because they're sure. both yeah. characters who are trying to be like hyper-masculine and trying to be like the leaders of their groups, but they portray them in such different ways. Yeah. Um, so like John Boyega's character is very quiet. Um, and like we said before, he seems very self-assured with his confidence and masculinity, even if he might be projecting it or giving an affectation of it. Yeah. Whereas the, uh, the drug dealer guy, he seems very loud and like angry about his leadership. It seems like he's like insecure about, um, his position there. Um, and he also is clearly not the kind of guy who cares about his friends because he just like tells his no mate to go <laughs> yeah. investigate the alien, and obviously he gets eaten immediately. <laughs> and then and he's a psycho. He's, he's a psychopath. Doesn't he doesn't have friends yeah. right, or a sociopath, whatever. Basically, yeah. But it's yeah. interesting how different these two, like you know, trying to be hyper masculine characters are. Yeah, that's a good catch. Yeah, I think you're right. And they, there's even that <coughs> scene towards the end of the movie where he talks about how he thought that like the John Boyega character could come up underneath him. Thought he was going to get could, made. That he could groom him, yeah. And that he couldn't because he, you know, gives a shit about the people around him. <laughs> like, that's the undermining factor. Yeah, but the the film does a good job of, like, showing the result of that, right? Oh, he, he gets immediately. isolated and... and eaten by monsters and his, ta- his face is torn off. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's the guy. Yeah, uh, although... I th- 
I'm sure you're supposed to be like a very scary character, but I just found him kind of hilarious because he was so over the top. No, he is that time. too. He is like a rapper too. He has, or he has like a rap track that he's like yeah. recording. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, the, movie, the music of this movie is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, re- I really like the. I did like the soundtrack. The soundtrack. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's original too. Really? The film. Yeah. Because there were a couple of not original tracks, but. Yeah, there was Sound of the Police, yep. uh, which is like a classic London yes. rap tune. Yes, it is. Um, and then there was another. There's like the a Regis. Here I Come. Yeah. That's, yeah, they referenced the food. The, the one that they use in every movie trailer. Yeah, the there's like a reggae song as well. But then a lot of the rest of the music is like original to the film. Yeah. And the Fuji song is just like quoted by the characters. They don't actually yeah, play they the sing, song. They sing yeah. it. Um, um, but the music does a good job of like being like. You know, contemporary music, but right. not. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it, just, yeah. it sounds current because it was. I guess it is current, right? They it r- reminded movie. me a lot of the uh, the songs that they use in the Ali J show, which oh, is like pulling seen. from like the same <laughs> genre of music. Yeah. Um, you haven't seen the Ali J show? No, it's mm-hmm. so funny. Yeah, that's the Borat guy, right? It's yeah, like that's one of like the characters on the show. The show is hilarious because right. it's like these. Um. It's he's like sort of punking people like in the, the show. The whole like, gag, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Like he makes people look like idiots. And <laughs> I can see why that would appeal to your specific style of humor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah. very funny. That yeah. makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. You've so have you obviously seen Borat then? Yeah. Yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, it's hysterical. Okay. Have you seen yeah. Borat? I have. You have? Oh, okay. Can't do that one then. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. That movie is funny. No, I haven't seen LG though. Yeah, there's also an LG movie. Okay. Uh, LG in the Hood. Okay. Thanks. Uh, which is like a fictional <laughs> movie, which is bizarre because well, the many movies are fictional. No, but the sh- <laughs> but the show is like him interacting with real people. So, like, it's, so it's like it's scripted. Yeah, yeah. Borat and um, Bruno's the yeah, the that's the other one character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like his whole shtick. That's his thing. Yeah, but Ali G is just like a scripted movie. There's no like yeah. moment of reality to it. Oh, oh. So they script it as though he is. He's not in the Ali G movie. He's not like punking people. It's just like a story about Ali G. The character. oh, weird. Yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> so, it's, but the show departure. is like him. Yeah, it's like it's like this quasi reality thing. Yeah, we're yeah. <laughs> That's a weird choice. It's yeah. very weird. That's why I was trying to like phrase it correctly okay. for you. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's a very weird choice. Um, but anyways. The music that they use okay. for the LG character. <laughs> Feels like this movie. LG character is like pulling from similar genres. Got where, it. Yeah. Okay. Where it's like London rap and like London like sort of, I, I don't know the correct term for it, but it's like really heavy beats and like. Right. Yeah. London, London rap is, is kind of weird. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And awesome. Yeah. Like really, really interesting stuff coming. Yeah. I don't know that. I, I, I listen, I've listened to the streets some, um, but other than that, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's every like. Person in college, like right, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, because it was like no one that made it over here, yeah. Um, I, but outside of that, I really don't know that much about. Yeah, I think there's a lot rap. more interesting stuff happening. Although I do like the streets. Yeah, he had that. He had that one album, that like the one that really broke up. That is still, I think, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any event, uh, any closing thoughts from anyone on uh, on Attack the Black? Uh, yeah, I like this film. If you haven't seen it, it's an easy watch. Yeah, that's true. 88 minutes. It's really a fun movie. Yeah. Um, right. highly recommend it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a fun movie and a quick watch, but also just a, probably a pretty good filmmaking study piece, right? Because it's just so well made, right? Mm-hmm. On such it's, a small budget, right? Like it's... It does a lot of like film don'ts too, and it does them really well. Like, yeah. Like it's almost entirely a cast of children. It is a dog mostly at night. Yeah. Um, Which is a budget saving move uh, some of the time, but it mm-hmm. makes sense. Also really hard to shoot at night. Yeah. So it's, yeah. that's, and they shot for like multiple weeks at night mm-hmm. outside, which mm-hmm. is like, um, also the sets are really tiny. Like all these things are like really difficult things that they're dealing with. And right. Right. And it, it doesn't harm the film at all. No. I don't think. Yeah. I, I think it really speaks to the, to the filmmaker, to the craft, yeah, here. especially for a guy that really didn't have that much credited experience before this. Like, this is high level craft. Yeah, and no wonder that he's like gotten a lot bigger budgets now. Like, the Tintin movie is a yep. massive film, yep. and 
And Ant-Man. And Ant-Man, which yeah. is uh, uh, a great, great film. MCU is as big as it gets. Yeah. I, I guess I forgot to mention that this movie did remind me a bit of Stranger Things. Because it's about like kids fighting against a supernatural sure. threat. Going on an adventure. Yeah, and like, you know, trying to make do with what little resources they do have to try to combat this threat. Um, yeah, so it'd be like one third of Stranger Things because the other two thirds were the other different 80s tropes. Right, well, and right. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a reference to this movie and something like Stranger Things. Yeah. It's maybe too recent, but yeah. 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 Well, I think you, you do have this like horror cast of kids that yeah. are, and it's well acted, which is often challenging to find among you know, yeah. things based on children actors. Yeah, well, and, and when you see, uh, I think when you see children acting well, it's a sign of good direction, mm -hmm. right? Just like be, being precise about what you want them to do and communicating it clearly and like understanding how it'll play out with maybe less feedback or less mature feedback than you'd get from an experienced actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you, a lot of these films, and it did something very similar to Stranger Things, <clears throat> and it seems like if you're able to get this like group with, within the kid like it's something about the social aspect of the group of kids yeah. seems to like really carry these films mm -hmm. um did you end up seeing it still haven't I, i'm good i have uh a couple weeks now because there'll be a break charles you didn't see it right i did not i'm gonna i'm gonna I, I don't a, know if i want to there's a handful of 2000 awesome but <laughs> yeah there's a handful of 2017 movies that i'm still missing out on yeah. it is one of them and i'm gonna try to like just pick a day and just like do them like, do them all. Uh, I really like it. Um, but the again has a group of like five or six kids right. that are like the core characters and are great together. Yeah, um, that's really the, really well acted. I, and one of the Stranger Things kids is in yeah. it. Finn Wolf something Wolfhard. Yeah, yeah. Wolfhard is that his name? Mm -hmm. Wolf something. But he, he yeah. plays a very different character, so I think it's impressive. Okay. Actually, his a bit of range, range. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's cool. Cool. So is this a is this a attack the block? I recommend. Charles? Uh, I would say so. So, I mean, I'm probably less positive on it than you guys sound like. Because okay. I, 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 th I thought it was a lot of fun and I enjoyed it. But I don't know if it's something that'll, like, linger with me. Or okay. it's not something that I will go out of my way to recommend <laughs> to people. Okay. Um, it's It was just, you know, it was a fun time. I do appreciate it more now that I've thought about it more and now that we've discussed it more. Um, but, yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay, that's fair. That seems, seems reasonable to me. I, I mean, I think it's really good. I think that it is worth seeing and it's fun and stands up to multiple viewings and yeah so solid recommendation for me cool cool what, uh, are, we, what are we doing next week also? uh well next week we're taking a week off um so that this is going to be our holiday break um but the week after that so the next episode which i think is going to be coming up on january 8th um so, so this, maybe a couple of weeks then. right well this was going to this episode is posting on christmas um, which is the 25th um, we're taking the following week off and then the week after that um, we're going to be doing our uh, best of 2017 episodes. So we have each picked only five, which is going to be particularly challenging this year, I think. Mm. Um, and then also we're each going to pick one worst movie of the year, um, <laughs> which will also be challenging. Uh, so that, that will be January 8th. I'm going to try to predict what each of your best movies are. I think I know what you're going to pick, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it down <laughs> and okay. before we begin the episode, because we're not going to go over what our list is beforehand, right? I think that was the plan. Yeah, we won't. Okay. All right, so it'll be a surprise. Yeah, I got to formulate my list, but yeah, I don't know what I'm going to put on mine because there's stuff I haven't seen yet. But Phantom Thread is coming out today. Now that you have, or if you are listening to this episode the day we post it, um, and I have a hunch that that'll be high on my list. Um, but we'll be announcing it, so it'll be new to each of us um, when we we record. Um, so there won't be a new movie, um, but there will be 18 movies that we discuss <laughs> potentially. <laughs> I'm assuming no overlap on January 8th. I, I just assume there's some overlap. I have a hundred films. films but, yeah, they're very well yeah. maybe. Um, but in any event, uh, thank you guys. I guess this is the first season of movies Charles hasn't seen now that yeah. we're taking a break. Um, <laughs> so uh, thank you everybody um, for joining us for Attack the Block. Please join us for our next episode, which is not next week, but the next one we're posting for our best of 2017. 